This is episode 79 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your hosts, Tim Bowen. The moral of the story before we get started is please, I'm begging you, keep some sort of trading journey. And Stephen Johnson. I was notoriously famous like the BIG, but skinnier. That's a weird joke. Today, the guys review the year of trading that was 2018. And they ask, how can these patterns better help us in 2019? And they throw out jewels of wisdom like this. Homeland Security, not as big as previous years. Bitcoin, not as big as we expected it to be. And this. He had like 20 Bitcoins at like $300 and he held all the way through. And even this. That's a lesson I'll take into 2019, like less size and more wiggle room. And just have the conviction that if it's been up three times in a row and it's in a key resistance area, three days in a row, it is going to retrace. And it's going to retrace 50%. So welcome to 2019 with the Steady Trade Podcast. Let's get right to it. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast. It is wonderful to be back. And I am with Tim Bourne, and it is the end of the year. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you had a blessed time with your families. I hope you got all of the gifts that you wanted and more for all of the new traders there. I hope you got some cash so you can invest in your first trading account to to, to, to double in the year ahead. And uh, as it is uh, coming on to a new year and we draw the curtains on a brand new horizon, uh, we also need to close the curtains on a 13. But we always say the history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. So we would like to recollect on all of the different months of this year, what we learned, what we didn't learn, uh, what was good, what was bad, what the trends were to help better prepare you for 2019. Tim Bowen, take it away. Yeah, so I, I kind of just made a list of kind of the stuff that was hot each month. Um, and actually, this is a little bit of a trading tip for you. Something I do and I've done for years is, you know, I keep a trading log in Evernote. And again, you can do this with anything, whether it be Evernote or a paper notebook or whatever. But it made it very easy as I was preparing for the podcast. I have a, a, an individual note in Evernote for every single trading day of the year. What's in play, what's going on, what I traded, why I traded, etc. So it's kind of cool. I actually had fun kind of going back and I could just kind of quickly flip through these notes and say, oh, okay, this is what was going on in January. This is what was going on in February. So it's a huge tool, especially for I mean, I'm not saying you have to go back and see what was hot in, in February or March, but I tell you, on a daily and especially a weekly basis, if you're actively trading and it's a busy time, I mean, if it's a, you know, a, a week where low floats are going crazy, it's very easy to kind of forget what did, what didn't work and what to look for. So the, the moral of the story before we get started is please, I'm begging you, Keep some sort of trading journal. If it's, you know, again, Evernote, OneNote, you know, there's a million note-taking apps out there, a spreadsheet, whatever it is, write down the tickers that are in play and why and, you know, and, and log that and track it and use it, use it each, especially like in a weekly review. No, and, and I've got to say that a lot of the times I will make fun of your uh, Navy-like, SEAL-like militant discipline but in terms of note-taking, it's such a little thing, but it's so important. And, and it does actually 
make a bit of a big difference at, at the end of the day. And it is such a good thing for reflecting on the end of the year. And when you just have that little command F to type in that ticker like you do on Evernote or you can just look back at what was going on in January, it's, it, it really does kind of assist in the learning curve. And that's, that's the only way you can get better, I think. But uh, I, I can, from hindsight and memory, I can remember that January was... You can't, the, the, the one reason I want to get you on Evernote is you can't remember tickers from today. <laughs> No, I remember. I remember January quite well because I took some bad, I took some bad losses because I, I remember in hindsight looking back at the start of the year and I remember a podcast back in January where we were saying, will Bitcoin be the next big thing? Yep. Like that was the talking point of the January. And this was 12 months ago we were talking about this. It's crazy looking back. So, uh, so little, I'll, I'll just kind of set older. it. I've got a little bit fatter, but yeah. uh, we're, still, we're, still, we're still here. <laughs> I'll set up January a little bit. So January is traditionally great for small cap stocks. You know, there's a, there's several times a year, and we're actually going to talk about that, several times a year where you should really be dialed in as a small trader and other times where it's best just to kind of step away. Um, January is historically a very busy month. You know, it's like, for lack of a better term, the whole new year, new me, you know, people are like, okay, I'm going to quit breaking my trading rules. Okay. I'm going to quit doing, I'm going to quit letting my losses run. Let's go. Let's off to the races. So you often see a lot of small cap activity in January. And the interesting thing about January, 2018 was we were still on that big uptick in Bitcoin. You know, the, the big high, was basically, you know, middle of December when we're recording right now, where it hit, you know, 19,000 plus, but then into January, it was still hovering around that level. So we had a ton, ton of those blockchain related low float small cap stocks that were still issuing the press releases. That was our favorite play, you know, in fall 2017 and then kind of through January 2018 because everybody that wasn't directly trading cryptos wanted to find the crypto related equity. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a weird one. And it's funny to look back in hindsight because the weed sector actually took the biscuit as we talk about like the biggest sector momentum of the year. I'd say, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but shippers, shippers came and went pretty much dead. Not, not, if they, if they yeah. did spike, it was one or two days or something. Yeah. Not, not anywhere in, yeah, as big as previous years. Homeland security, not as big as previous years. Bitcoin, not as big as we expected it to be. But, uh, the weed sector, the weed sector really took it. But the one thing I'd say about the weed sector in January is November and December and maybe October, November, December, anything with a press release on Bitcoin was running. But in January, I think January, you, people, companies were, Taking the mick a bit. I, I know that those, um, that your favorite juice company, what is it? Sky People Fruit Juice. Yeah, Sky People Fruit Juice, like companies like them were trying to lend and, themselves. And, you know, and Long Island Iced Tea was another one. Yep. And, and it just wasn't legitimate. And I remember the famous press release was, we are now accepting Bitcoin transactions. That, that was the key line in a lot of the press releases. And, and honestly, uh, people were shorting them. People, so I would say the Bitcoin mania was starting to die a little bit. Not die, but it was found out in January, whether October, November, December, anything would run. Yeah, I mean, and we see this with, you know, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, hot sectors, you know, hot sectors, love them. I mean, it's probably my favorite, you know, type of play when there's just irrational exuberance, animal spirits, but 
these things, they come and they quickly go. And January, as we got into the end of the month, Bitcoin was fading. I mean, I think you could, you could pull up the chart if I remember right. I mean, it was way, you know, down into like the 15,000, 13,000, I mean, way off of its highs. And then just like all sectors do, you know, the air had kind of come out. The only people that were buying these things were the bag holders and the bag holders, you know, they don't have enough money to move these stocks. All they're doing is adding to losers. And then hence the air comes out and the stocks go nowhere. Yeah. And, and I mean, I remember we both, I mean, I'm not sure what your prediction was. My prediction was I didn't think Bitcoin was going to really run. I can't remember. I was a believer. I drank the Kool-Aid, man. I, I, I really, you know, you after, know, after now, all these years, you know, <laughs> after all these years, you're still, still full on. <laughs> You know, the problem is, and, and we'll move on to February. We're already lingering on January a little too long, but you know, I, uh, at my heart, I'm a tech guy. You know, I, I used to have a technology business. I've always been a tech guy and I'll admit I probably got duped by Bitcoin a little bit because it was that intersection of finance and technology. Basically my two biggest interests in my professional career. And it was like, wow. You know, I, 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 I drank the Kool-Aid and, and ultimately looking back as Bitcoin is struggling to hold on to 3000 right now, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see. So no, but I mean, and, and like, like we've said in previous podcasts, Bitcoin went up, Bitcoin went down. A lot of the investors made a lot of money on the way up and on the way down. And sadly, a lot of the public probably uh went for a bit of a right but what, what? Oh, i know a guy and i'm actually trying to get him on the podcast he I, I think he'll come on anonymously so this will be the last point for january we need to move on um he actually i mean he's held he had like 20 bitcoins at like 300 dollars, and he held all the way through <laughs> so those he started out at like what six grand in bitcoin held it all the way up to like i don't know i'm doing you know 250 grand and never sold any all the way back down. So I'm trying to get him on. And, and he still owns all 20 Bitcoin today. So sell off, sell off, sell off on the way up. Eh? That's the lesson. So what, hey, what, what, what comes to mind when you think of February, my friend? And, and, you know, I, I'm still waiting for my Valentine's day card. I, I, evidently the mail takes a long time. You, you know, will not. Michigan. Uh, it's just unreliable. It just doesn't come at all. It just doesn't come at all. Um, February and March, uh, I remember Bitcoin dying a little bit. Um, and I remember, I remember there not being as much volatility as I had hoped for, but I don't remember any spe- specific runs, but you, you might have something on Evernote. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I looked at is, you know, February was great for earnings winners. We had, you know, er, th- this last earnings season, October, November, ugly, but we were still yeah. back in early 2018. Market was still making new highs. Man, loved, I loved February, March because we had, it was a killer time for the higher priced earnings winners. You know, the 10, excuse me, the 10, $15 stocks that would make those 20, 30% moves. Yeah. So, was it like Xnet or something? Yeah. X- and then, and then one, I, one that comes to mind. Uh, as a great short, what, you know, Xnet was a, a, a sketchy Chinese cryptocurrency play that just went, I mean, I remember fall 2017, it was red to green every day and would just go, 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 go. 
And then come February, March, it was, I mean, if you held that thing short for months, you would have, you would have made bank and, and, and all of, all of the Bitcoin stocks faded back. But the nice thing about XNet is it was an $18, $20 stock. So there was a boatload of meat on the bone if you did held, hold long-term short. No, I remember XNet was like the, the hottest talked about stock, uh, across, across February. And, and I mean, to be honest, I was actually as, um, I was just going back through the year. Coincidentally, I was just, I was on stocks to trade and I was going back through the year and I was, I was looking at the likes of Facebook and Twitter and, and some of these like kind of slightly higher price stocks. And, and honestly, when the market's up, <clears throat> when the SPY's up, when the QQQ's up, the, 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 the market for the NASDAQ, these breakouts are really, really clean. I mean, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> you've, you've got, like, and I'm talking Facebook, Twitter, when it breaks to new highs or when it breaks that 52 week high, some, like, what, what I didn't realize is like, it might dip under that level. And sometimes you do have to give it a little bit of wiggle room. You, you, you can't have too tight a stop on these things. But, and, and sometimes the breakout won't happen on the first day or it might consolidate on the second day. But if you give it a couple of days, this will, this will move 5% across a week or two weeks. It just needs to break out, hold the breakout, and then once it's confirmed, then it it rips. And yeah, I, was, I was just noticing that today. It's such a difference. You know, if you talk about uh, January to June and then like August to now, I mean, the first uh, half the, of the year, I mean, it was – I, I shudder shudder to say every 52-week breakout, but I mean, there was a lot of them that if that's all you scan for, and as long as they had good volume, and ideally we're, you know, a social media company, Facebook, Twitter, stuff like that. Man, you could get the multi-day moves out of them with, with very low maintenance. And when I say maintenance, most of the listeners of the podcast are probably part-time traders. The nice thing about these stocks, you don't have to sit there and stare at them like some crazy $1 stock. Yeah, but, but I think like the most important thing that I'd, I'd learned, I mean, just looking in hindsight, cause I, I was looking over a few hours a day just on the back of the year when the spy was so strong. And it's almost like take a smaller position. Don't be greedy for too many profits too quickly and just have conviction in the trade that if the market's strong, if, the, if, if it's a, if it's a hot sector and it's breaking 52 week highs, just have some conviction that over the course of a few days, it probably will work. Yeah, I think that's a big mistake. You know, I I talk about swing trading a lot, and I think that's a big mistake that that people make is, you know, they're used to buying a thousand shares of some $1 stock trying to make 20 cents. And then they go to buy this $10, 52-week breakout, and they buy a thousand shares of it. And then they're, they're a little whippy. They get stopped out. And then they're like, and then, and then ultimately the trade works, but it's like, man, you know, the idea is you're giving it more time, you're giving it a little more range, and you're, you know, if you're buying a thousand shares of a one dollar stock, you don't go buy a thousand shares of a ten dollar stock because you're, you're probably going to get stopped out because you're looking at this, you know, if it moves fifty cents on you, you're down five hundred bucks, and you're like, oh, I got to stop out. Yeah, and 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 it's just, I mean, I've been looking kind of at it, not not totally at a strategy, but. A lot of the times when I'm like shorting into resistance, say a stock's up two or three days in a row and it's coming into a key resistance period, 
it'll break the resistance period, but it'll not come through with any conviction. And then and the next thing you know, it's slammed a few percent, three percent, four percent down the next day. And I'm like, if I didn't, if I just didn't have such a tight stop, if I just give it a bit more wiggle room. And I think that's a lesson I'll take into 2019, like less size and uh, more wiggle room and just have the conviction that if it's been up three times in a row and it's in a key resistance area, three days in a row, it is going to retrace and it's going to retrace 50%. So, but all the week hands get folded out, but so that, that's an important lesson and, and, uh, something to take on. But so we had Xnet in February. I, I remember a brief, brief weed sector in March and April. And I remember the spy was still strong, but what, what are your notes telling you? So, so March, um, you know, the only thing that was interesting, we had a lot of tariff news. So a lot of the steel plays, you know, it's good to know the past runners. So like AKS X, you know, keep these things on your watch list. Cause the, the, you know, just like natural gas plays, oil plays, the shippers, these sectors kind of come and go. And then when the steel tariff news came in, we had some decent trades on those. Now March wasn't like an amazing month by any means, but April, might be one of my favorite months of the year because that was the beginning of the run on I. Just you know, it's it's. Oh it's God! Don't 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 talk to us about I. I don't want to even hear it. I don't want to even hear it. I don't. I don't even. Ah, but but in in hindsight, January, February, March. Don't don't forget H E A R. The gaming, the gaming company. Uh, but to be honest, in, in general, I remember watching a Tim Grattani webinar on the, on Tim Sykes Challenge and, and he was pretty much saying like January, February, and March, he didn't really trade. He was traveling around a lot of the time, but he didn't really feel like he was missing that much when he was looking back as a predominantly short seller looking for high volatility. I mean, Tim Grattani was in January, February, March. Little quiet. I mean, I hope I'm, I hope I'm quoting him spot on because I'm using his name, but I, I remember hearing more or less that in the webinar. Now, well, if you, if you are quoting him wrong, Gratani, if you're listening, just, <laughs> Stephen drinks him. a lot and his memory's not that great. Tell him to F off. No, but I, I, I mean, I was one of those things where in hindsight, you're like, how did I not take advantage of that? Because it was like, I, I had like three or four songs on my Twitter feed about my love of I. Ah, but I mean, you were going long and I was showing it and it was the most tricky, tricky, tricky stock. And there's such a valuable lesson in that. So basically for people who don't know, I, um, very high float, very high float, very overextended high float, but because it was such a high float, uh, for whatever reason, it wasn't the type of stock that's just going to crash like a lower float when everyone bails on it. Um, and I was notoriously famous like the BIG, but skinnier. That's a weird joke. Um, I would gradually, gradually, gradually incline each day. So, but it wouldn't just gradually incline, and it wouldn't spike to make a good short. It would, it would have a week open where it would drop to where it closed the previous day, bounce, double bottom, high or low, and then it would rip <laughs> and squeeze, and and it would trap shorts day after day after day after day. It was beautiful. I, but I, I think and people were just like, I mean, because every day. You know, you can sit there, you can have your stocks to trade up, and you can have your Twitter feed up. And I mean, literally, real time, it would go red, and you would see all these idiots tweeting about, today's the day, today's the day, as it goes red. And then all of a sudden, it goes green, and all those guys, where'd they go? They all just disappear. You know, they don't tweet the rest of the day. And then the next day, it'd go red. They'd all start yapping, and then it'd go back green, 
and they would disappear. They're, they're like Steven on two-thirds of our scheduled podcast recording dates. They just went ghost. They disappeared. <laughs> no, but honestly, I would, I would have so many messages from people being like, I'm an eye from five, but it's coming down. <laughs> I'm an eye from 650. It's coming down. And I'm like, I's not coming down. I mean, I don't know where I is now. Well, it went as high as 37, but it's still in the 20s. It's still in the 20s. That's unbelievable. So it goes back to the the age-old lesson of these stocks can do what they want and then go as high as they want, and the market is as irrational as you can say rational for. It is as rational as you can say irrational for, whatever the the saying is. But, I mean, for me, I, I, I was at the point where... I would short the week opens on I, and then the minute any sign of double bottom or higher lows, like cover, cover, it's happening again. I would sometimes go long. Didn't have as much faith in it as you. Um, so that was the bit, you know, so April, again, bring up those charts, and you'll see what we mean. I mean, they're I, so just capital letter I, one, one letter ticker, and then H-E-A-R, uh, which was a Fortnite play, which is, you know, it's come back quite a bit, but it's still way above where it started. Um, you'll see April, May, just green. All, I mean, they would close green almost every day. There might be like one red day every two weeks or something. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened with here. Was here a reverse split that just went a bit crazy? Was it or? Or was it just a news play that went crazy? I can't remember. If I, you know, you know, as as I remember, you know, it's simply the fact. I mean, it was tied to Fortnite. Uh, Turtle Beach is H E A R. They make headphones and stuff like that. And yeah. big game. Just yeah. everybody, everybody wanted to pile in short and hold and hold and hold. And then it became an earnings winner. You know, I think um, yeah. I can't remember what quarter, whether it was you know second quarter or third quarter. They announce great earnings, and then it's like, then now you go from a squeeze play. You know, it's not just everybody saying, "Oh, it's a piece of crap headphone company," but they announce good earnings. Now you get, and now they're a twenty dollars stock. So now you get institutional. You get you get the big boys in there now. So as a short, if you're yeah. a small cap short, good freaking luck. You know, competing with George Soros and his one hundred bajillion dollars. Yeah, I mean, but that, I mean, that's well beyond my pay grade because, I mean, yeah. Not saying that George Soros is involved in here. So he's probably not, but like, yeah, was was like Alex Jones impersonation. But here was, here was like a 30 cents, 40 cents stock. So, I mean, you've got to think if a stock is 40 or 50 cents, unless it's done a reverse split, which is where they'll kind of reduce the float and expand the price. Unless they've done that, uh, I can't understand how this stock is like, a hundred or three hundred or a thousand times more in value. And I could be wrong, but I don't remember a reverse split out here. Now I might be forgetting. I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I can't say but, I remember everything. So, but just thirty cents to thirty dollars, it's just like on the back of a game. Anyway, it, it's just one of those things. Um, I remember March, March, April, May. I remember Bitcoin being completely dead. I think it was over. It died in January, February, never come back. I remember. It, Xnet, I remember the earnings when I was like, we've just kind of talked about. Um, I, I remember a brief weed encounter before we had the bigger weed run, but I don't know what you what you got next on the list. Yeah, so I mean, big big notes, and we'll kind of move along here. But uh, you know, May was great for the as you mentioned some of the higher price social media plays. I mean, I was trading Twitter a lot back then uh, in the twenties and thirties. It went as high as yeah. I think forty five. Um, in, in May and June, 
And then I am here continued through May. So it was really, you know, I, I remember it, it was, you know, that, that $20, $30 stock was, was really kind of the hot trend then. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this, and you're like saying, well, Tim, you know, I'm a small trader. It's, you know, you're talking $20, $30 stocks. We talk about the rule of 10 stock or rule of 10 a lot. You can, it's, it's, you gotta be focused on the right times. It's gotta be earning season. You know, it's gotta be the right time of the year, but you can trade these $20, $30 stocks if the environment is right. You, you know, you've got a hundred shares versus a thousand shares. It can be done with a small account. You just have to recognize the times. And May was one of those times when the biggest movers, the best trading stocks were a lot of these $20, $30, $40 stocks. Yeah, but I mean, one thing that's interesting about this podcast right now is you, you as a veteran are kind of really showing your strength when it comes to diversity because you're either trading earnings, which is like a news catalyst, or you're trading uh, sector momentum when you're talking about blockchain, uh, well, or you're yeah, talking I mean, higher price stocks when you're thinking this is working well. Uh, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but yeah, I mean, November, I mean, I mean, I've seen that with, with your trading activity. I mean, November, December in small cap land, it's, it hasn't been great. That's for sure. No, but I, I just wanted to say that like, oh, you, when you catch a random junky piece of shit stock, like I, but you've spotted its weak open red or green over and over and over. So you've, you've applied like five or six different strategies across the year already just halfway through. And, and you've capitalized on each of them, which, which shows kind of experience and it shows almost what you need to do, which kind of also shows the long game. You need to be in this game four, five, six, seven, eight years to see it all over and over and over. And, and even the likes of like, but, but then other people apply it in a different way. Like I say, Roland, he might specialize in specifically in these very low cap junky stocks, but he can spot these patterns that are happening on a daily weekly basis he spots these intraday patterns which which is makes him very unique do you know what i mean yeah it was it was funny um you know totally agree that that i mean it's, i was uh in stocks to trade pro we're kind of using uh brian shannon's uh multiple time frames book which i highly recommend we're kind of reviewing that as part of the coursework in in pro and it was funny i i, I did a webinar on it the other day there's a chart in this book. This book's eight years old. It's still awesome. Please buy it. But there's a chart in there and it was like a weekly chart. As soon as I flipped the page, I'm like, man, that's a VWAP hold high at daybreak. And I'm like, whoa. And it was a weekly chart, but I'm like, man, that is the exact chart pattern we look for every day as a day trade. So the, you know, it's like the more you see this stuff. And I mean, the instant I turn the page, I'm like, whoa. And then it was a weekly chart, but it's like these patterns repeat on multiple time frames, and the more you can recognize them, and when small caps dry up or large caps dry up, you just got to look for the price, the volume, and, and, the, and the momentum, and, and there's trades there. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And I mean, you've you've been in this ten plus years, so a lot of this must must much must just seem like complete clockwork. Because I mean, for me, with me little gap and crapper with the bad finances, the low volume under five hundred thousand, it's overextended. It's a highish float with low volume. The news is bullshit. Like this, for me now, after all these years, after just two years, it's like so bread and butter when I see it. Like sometimes I'll take a gamble when the volume's a bit too high or it's money Mondays. But when I see it, I see it. And I just wonder when, do you just see all of your patterns with such crystal clear 
clarity because you've been around for so many years? I don't know. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say crystal clear, but you know, it's, it's yes, there gets to be that point. Like today, I mean, we're recording, uh, December 19th. Uh, and it's Fed day. So we've got a Fed announcement at 2 p.m., which can be kind of sketchy days. But I mean, I look at today. I mean, it, within 10 minutes, I'm like, there's no freaking trades today. Give me that. <laughs> it's like, and, and, you know, and how do you get there? It's experience. And, and I could recognize within 10 minutes that there was crap out there. And that just goes back to that idea of the long game, man. You gotta, you gotta put the seat time in. So. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's true, and, and it's just, I also remember Roland, and just not getting too emotional with stuff, I remember Roland's interview when he was last on Study Trade, he was like, cue the, cue the sad music. I always think, uh, on to the next one. If I take a good trade, I'm on to the next one. If I take a bad one, I'm, I'm on to the next one. And he's not too emotionally affected by either. I, I'm just thinking we've done this, we're six months in, and I don't think I had a girlfriend during any of these months, January, February, March. I don't think I had a girlfriend at all. Did I have a girlfriend? Maybe I had. Well, a, there was that uh, one imaginary girlfriend where you tried tricking the producer the, and I with that like bad ventriloquist. This is when. Uh, this is when I was. Yeah, you were too, like, you were like, I can't record. I was too, I was my too girlfriend's drunk. here, and you were like trying to throw your voice. No, I, I was too drunk. I was too drunk, and we're <laughs> going to do another podcast. <laughs> and the producer hung up on us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on. Um, so we covered June, little, a lot of low floats in June. Um, June was actually a good month because we had a, a lot of those low floaters. Remember, low floaters come and go a lot. Um, you need to recognize those. But then July, uh, the biggest thing I remember was, you know, um, oddly enough, I joke on my Twitter feed a lot about hashtag cheat codes. Um, a, a trading strategy I've used for years and years and years is I look for these low float stocks that air quotes everybody is short. Um, and these are the stocks that typically squeeze multiple times through the day. You'll get that mid early rip, midday rip, and then the 2 p.m. rip as well. And um, not trying to like somehow give credit or whatever, but uh, you know, you can Google like AWX was one of them, but uh, there's a prominent trader out there that basically recognized that uh, there was opportunity here, and 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 he would was was buying up the float of these low floaters, and and AWX was one of them that just went. I mean, I think you know two to twenty or something like that in a couple days, and it just showed that short low price stocks all you want, but if you were wrong, you need to be okay with wrong being wrong, and and if you can't take a stop. You cannot be shorting these low flow stocks because you will be in the graveyard of day traders if you get on the wrong side of one of these low floaters that, I mean, some of these things I've seen, you know, a couple of years ago, TCCO moved a thousand percent by like 11 a.m. I mean, you cannot outlast these as a small trader. So. Yeah, and El- Elfin, Elfin were missed yep. as well. Elfin yep. was one, one hell of a runner. But, uh, and, and that's, that's, uh, that's almost a strategy in itself. Like generally when you're going long, you will not want to see bearish indicators like big wicks on the daily chart. You will not want to see a downtrend in chart. You'll not want to see these things if you're thinking about going long, but it's almost another strategy to think if 
it does have big wicks on the daily, and if it is a terrible downtrend, downtrodden stock, and if the news is bad, but for whatever reason, it's a low float, the volume's high, and it's holding up, then the, those bearish indicators can become bullish indicators because you know they've trapped all of the shorts. Yeah, the, the final point before we move on to August is this is a nugget of information, and, and we'll see if Stephen agrees with me, but I think he will agree. Remember, especially in low float land, the more obvious a short yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, if you're like, the, the less, if you're yeah. looking at this and you're like, my God, this is, this is the greatest short God has ever put on the planet. Please don't short it. <laughs> or short it. But, but if that, if that mofo doesn't go down, if it, if it acts irregularly in any kind of way, an institution is propping it to blow your face off or there's too many shorts in it. Yeah. So just don't. Think it has to go down. <laughs> don't very, don't ever think it has to go down. <laughs> so so yeah, short away. But if you're looking at red, get the freak <laughs> out. You know. And definitely don't hold it overnight because <laughs> it is kaboom. <laughs> I did it. I mean that was that was a five grand loss in January. I held a cancer stock from Friday to Monday and it blew my face off. Uh were the fundamentals bad? Yeah, it wasn't a good company. Was it overvalued and was it a downtrend in stock? Maybe. But were there a ton of shorts in it? Yep, yeah, and so was that. And maybe it got propped. Maybe it had better news than I anticipated. But but talk us through the back end of the year. So yeah, so August, um, not much to talk about. We're gonna move through August really quick. Yeah, and quiet. here's a tip. I tell you, you know, twenty. I kind of think back to you know, 2016 was was actually August wasn't bad. You know, August is traditionally a slow month because it's kind of that back to school period, you know, you know, in like Europeans, you know, of course, Europeans, you guys are on vacation all the time, but you know, Europeans, a lot of them take vacations in August, you know, they go on holiday, they call it or whatever you, or you probably spell it weird, but, uh, um, you know, and, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of people are getting that last vacation before the kids go back to school and stuff like that. But, uh, 2016, August was pretty busy. 2017 or 2015, I'm sorry. Pretty busy. 2016 wasn't bad, but then in 2017, not the worst. But man, August 2018 was brutal. I mean, I remember doing webinars where I'm just like, you know, I got a couple hundred people on a webinar and I'm like, I got nothing to talk about. There's, there's nothing to talk about today. Um, so the tip is, it's, you know, it's December right now. If you're contemplating a vacation, look, and, and you're a day trader, you know, start shopping for August vacations right now. So. Yeah. And, and, and the, the market's been kind of shaky overall as well. I mean, I can't remember what months exactly, but we had two kind of mini market crashes and then we've just had another kind of mini market crash right now. Uh, the Nasdaq looks messy. The Nasdaq looks really messy. I mean, I've been looking at the SPY. I haven't looked at the Dow, but I was looking at the SPY. The SPY is kind of at this whole bottom 255 mark. Nasdaq's just the tech stocks, just like they're falling off a cliff mm-hmm. to me. So, uh, what let's, I mean, let's close out this year, but I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your predictions for next year and hopefully we'll be spectacularly wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Time, time will tell. But then, uh, so, so September we had another weed stock run. I call it the mini 
weed stock run. Um, you know, there was a lot of, remember Canada had the legalization in October. So there was a lot of hype going into that. I remember, remember TLRY, that. uh, TLRY, TLRY went from 20 to 300 in like, I don't know, two or three days or something like that. Um, One of the so big, we that's, that weed stocks were the, were the theme again, you know, it happened about three or four times this year. Yeah, but I remember, I mean, TLRY was probably one of the biggest movers that I'd saw across the entire year. I don't know if it was Elf in the start, was Elf in this year? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but LFIN still was only went to like 40 or something, you know, you know, when it comes to range. Really? Yeah. I think TLRI went from 20 or 30 to 300 in like a matter of days. Yeah, and, and, but the, the cool thing about that was it was that classic, classic, classic. It was like a volume exhaustion, gapped up too much, and then just crashed and came all the way back down. What, what do you think about Taylor Y? Do you think it's, uh, it's got any bounce in it or it's, cause it's in the weed sector, but it, it's got a lot of bag holders in it now. It's, how's that gonna recover? I don't well, recovering. You know, and not to get too macro or too fundamental, um, you know, I'm a big believer of TLRY, mainly because of Peter, Peter Thiel is involved in, in TLRY. I admit I have a huge man crush on Peter Thiel. Um, Google him. You know, he was one of the founders of, he was in early in PayPal, in early in Facebook, super smart guy. You know, I kind of feel like TLRY, you know, a few years ago, we had the billionaire plays. The billionaire plays were in vogue. Yeah. I kind of feel like TLRY is a billionaire play because I mean, the, the the idea is you don't get to be Peter Thiel with a hundred billion in the bank by being dumb and making bad investments. But ultimately, only price matters. You know, TLRY is back to like seventy bucks today. So um, now it's still up three hundred percent on the year. So it's like you can don't fall into that bear short seller mentality that are like, oh, you know, it came all the way down from three hundred. Yeah, it's still up three hundred percent. So. But time will tell. Time will tell. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of October, November, December, I don't. I mean, we had the weed. I think you're going to talk about a bit of a weed run, right? Yeah, I, no, other I than a weed run, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really say that much else. I mean, other than the fact that the SPY started to crash and stuff like that. I do remember September. I do remember the fact that that was the one year of, uh, anniversary of Steady Trade. Yes, worst yes. year of my life. Have we only been going for one one year and three months? Really, is that it? I thought it felt like a lot longer. We started in August, but you can remember September if you want, Tim. It's close. <laughs> I love how he just chips in. Or shoes and hand grenades, <laughs> man. But nah, uh, but then also let's and then October. Uh, I finally remember the best thing about October was the Trader and Investor Summit. Um, yeah, that was a lot loved, of fun. First night podcast. Yeah, loved meeting. I mean, man, it was fun because. I don't know what, but there's seven, 800 people there. And, and thank you to the listeners. You know, if you're here in this episode, um, man, I think I shook 500 hands that said I listened to the podcast. So that was cool getting to meet everybody in person and do the live podcast. Yeah, no, the, the trade, I mean, I, I always kind of reflect and I, I look back and, and this year was just uh, for me in hindsight, First two years trading, I think, well, overall, I kind of made money overall, which is insane. Uh, but this year has just been a terrible year for trading. Terrible. I mean, it's completely attributed to a horrendous lack of discipline. And, and I, it's funny. I, I was watching something the other day when someone says, once you play a blackjack hand for $500, 
you kind of can't go back to play a hand for $100. It just doesn't, it just, you just don't have that discipline level anymore. And, uh, there's certainly been something wrong with the fact that I sized up when things were going really well. And when things were going bad, I couldn't really size back down. Uh, so a very, very humbling year for me after having kind of success in year one. I got success in year one and year two. I was really thinking year three, I'm going to kaboom. Do you know what I mean? So very humbling year for me, but, um, a, a lot of, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of experience gained, a lot of self-development kind of learned. Um, but for the year ahead, it's kind of like really trying to scale right back down. It's, it's just what I'm going to have to do. Or I'm going to have to, uh, get me mother to trade for us and just say, mom, get, stop me out. <laughs> if this point comes to here, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of, of, of having your mom as a pit boss. In essence, gonna have to out of losing positions. So, gonna have to. But uh, no, I, but I, I think you know. In summary, we'll 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 wrap up here. I mean, Stephen, I've kind of seen it. You know, you've been a little introspective lately. I I like to see that. And um, you know, in my opinion, time will tell. I, I, that seems yep. that seems to be my favorite phrase of this of this episode. But uh, that that Dunning Kruger effect. I think that uh, you know you find. <laughs> Rapid success, and then you plateau. And I think that is very common in many things, whether that be weight loss. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, you drop 10 pounds the first month, and then the next month you lose one, you know, or or your bench press or or whatever, you know. Um, And I think that you've kind of felt some of those growing pains. But, man, I think back of, you know, I – as we talk about the Trader Investor Summit, you know, I, I think about that live podcast. One of my favorites, actually. Yeah, uh, go too. back to go back to that episode where, um, you know, I you you gave a couple monologues where I was like, man, this guy is growing. He knows all. He, he's got the knowledge. He's got the skills. We just got to fine tune that implementation. You know. Yeah, no, I think it'll come, and there's no doubt, and there's no there's no reason why I would. I'd have a quit. Although it's my favorite thing to take a loss and be like, I am done. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> um, nah, it's, we just got, all we got to do is get all those felonies cleared off your record so that you can come to America and live in my basement. Expunged yet? Did I tell you that I got arrested in America once? We'll end on this story. Did I tell you I got arrested in America? Hey man, you're, okay. it's always a new story with you. Lay it on me. Let's close with this. No. Okay. The one thing that I'll say about having a very, very, very bad 2018 in terms of trading is, I mean, I, 2017, I had about nine green months and three red months. 2018, I had about three green months and nine red months. But I think the more you lose, the more you learn what not to do. And you don't really learn when you're making money. You learn when you're losing. So we'll look at it like that. Uh, there's not too much more losing I think I can do. The, the better story when I got arrested in America, which we'll finish on as a nice New Year story, is it was me and me oldest brother Neil. Uh, I was visiting them in Boston. We're at, we're at the Bell and Hand. Bell and Hand's like a cool pub in Boston. It's in Faneuil Hall area. I don't know if you'll know it, but some of the listeners will know it. Um, and I was with a girl and he was with a girl before he was married. He's obviously married and he's got a child on the way now. This was before he'd met his girlfriend. He was going off with a girl. I was going off with a girl. And then, so he got a taxi home with one girl and with the girl that I got, last minute she said, actually, I've changed my mind. 
something's come up, uh, you cannot come back to my house. And, uh, and my brother only had one set of keys, so I was completely locked out. Uh, and I didn't know where he lived. So, uh, I said, uh, chase that down the streets and please let us come back to your house, please. <laughs> I'm going to be left on the streets of Boston if you don't. And, uh, and I don't know how safe it is. So I got in a taxi. Uh, I got a taxi for about an hour until I somehow remembered me way back to where my brother lived. Uh, rang every single one of the intercoms because it was one of the apartments. There was like a hundred, hundred different intercoms. Rang every single one because I just didn't know what room he was and I needed someone to let us in. Uh, and the woman who let us in on the intercom let us in, buzzed us in and then realized she'd let a stranger into the apartment block. So phoned the police immediately after. Um, I found out where my brother lived. I was banging on the door and, uh, he wouldn't let us in because he was out cold asleep. So, uh, I, I just went to sleep outside the door and, um, I woke up to a American cop, American policeman, the po- police. He was knocking us on the head with his truncheon, being like, someone's phoned the police to say you broke into the building. <laughs> and I said, I haven't broken. in. My brother lives there and I'm on holiday. And, um, and he tried to knock on the door, tried to get him up. He wouldn't go up. And he said, I'm sorry, you're either going to have to get a hotel or you're going to have to go to prison. And I was like, I'm not paying for a hotel. Just put us to prison. It'll be a good story. <laughs> so, but it's, it's not going to go on me. It's not going to go on me record, right? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting an American criminal record where I can't go back to America. He's like, no, no, no. You just, you need to just go to prison, <laughs> go to prison, stay there until the morning. And then we'll let you out and we'll not book you. There'll be no charges. So, all right, send, I was like, just send us to prison. So I got a, I got a tinfoil silver blanket and I lied in a freezing cold prison all night. And then I told so you, that, next thing, you're a dick. <laughs> so how many, so that obviously that's the drunk tank in, for like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you call it that in your far away back yeah, yeah, country. Yeah. yeah so yeah, how many, how many, how many nights have you spent in the drunk tank? Two, two, uh, two? one in, one in Boston. No, I wasn't even drunk. I bet you've not been locked up ever, have you? Have you ever been locked yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> when? What's the story behind you getting locked up? I don't believe uh, it. So in college, um, this will... Oh, God. <laughs> Good way to end I, I won't give all the details, but anyway, we had a party. The cop showed up, and she, the, the female cop asked me for my ID. I licked it, stuck it to my forehead, and then... <laughs> Started feeling around in my pockets and was like, I can't seem to find my identification. <laughs> she really snapped it that? off my head, said you're going to jail. I tried to run in the house. She tackled me. <laughs> so I, I did it. I did spend a night in the dark take myself. That is so funny. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good story. I would never do that to the police. But yeah, Boston, I got arrested. And in England, uh, there was one time where someone started on me friend. And the guy was a big guy. He started on my friend who was a little guy. So I punched, I punched the guy to stick up on my friend. But the police were right on the corner and the saw us do it. And I was straight away to prison. But luckily the guy didn't press charges. It was just like a small fight on the street. And I went to prison a night for that. And I had to pay 70 pound, I think. Like a drunken disorderly fine. But this, this was, this was maybe eight years ago, nine years ago. I've only been arrested once, once properly and once in Boston. And, uh, I would like to thank you to, for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. A lot of takeaways from the year. 
you know, a lot of these trends will repeat through 2019. Keep an eye out for these, you know, the hot sectors, the earnings plays, all the stuff we've talked about. And then ultimately, I think the moral of this episode is don't drink, kids. You'll end up in the drunk tank. It's not a good time. So we'll see you next time. And have a safe new year. Hi, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Double A Ron from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Steven and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City.